Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome everyone to episode four of the of the Triple P podcast. I'm stealing that. That's easier to say. Yeah. I'm here again with Chris, and we better start out with the cheap plugs. Yes, the cheap plugs. Yes. So my movies are on uh, the com, and uh, what I do is, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, I make horror films, independent horror films, as we call underground. Um, and I got films such as American Holocaust, Scumbags, Naughty Dirty Nasty, Discord Service. My latest film, Chaos AD, is actually going to be on, uh, for uh, available for pre-order October 4th on our website, it goes on sale officially October 25th, um, and um, you know, so so pretty pretty much start you know well, October 4th you can start ordering uh, Chaos AD. We also um, have another release called Before I Die, which is a Phil Herman movie. You guys familiar with Phil Herman? He did Burrow from Hell, Tales of the End, Jacker Part One and Two. Uh, he did this movie back in 2003. We're re-releasing it it's the first time ever on dvd um and um that's going to be released around the same time as chaos ad and also like i believe the week starting the 25th of october um and up until halloween we're going to be doing a sale uh where some dvds will you can get as low as five bucks um we'll have cut some other prices down too um there'll be some special like you know gift like package orders too with things so so yeah so so remember month of october october is right around the corner halloween is right around the corner so check out the sleepbox.com for all this cool stuff i don't sell anything but I, i'll do a cheap plug this week yeah. there's i found a company called scary apparel and they make like these fucking really cool shirts and they run like sales all the time. I shared one today just because I thought it looked neat. Today's special was if you bought an Ice Pirate shirt, you got a Canon logo shirt free. So it's like 15 bucks for two shirts. They got, they're new so they only have a few but if you follow them it looks like every day they're running a different sale. But if you want to check them out, they're on Facebook at Scary Apparel but their actual site is Scary Apparel, all one word, dot store s-t-o-r envy e-n-v-y dot com definitely something to check out I mean they have a pretty cool Halloween shirt they got a hocus pocus shirt I know they do custom work and all so you know I stumbled across them. definitely something to take a look at and and with that god damn I think I got food poisoning from that slop I ate at work today but um that's not good I got a theory and and now now this will work good for us because you're gonna hear this probably. I'll try to get this up before um, Clash of the Champions. I forget there's a pay per view every eight hours now, but yeah. yeah. Did you watch Raw? I uh, yeah I did I did watch Raw. I always catch Raw. I always try to get catch that. I think that Stephanie has no idea 
what Triple H did and that really Mick Foley does. And it's going to come out where Stephanie's going to be the face and Foley's going to be the heel because he keeps stressing too much about his integrity being questioned. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that. That's just that my would, theory. That would be a good swerve because not you you don't see Foley as the heel, you know, and um and I, I mean they tried they actually you know I, if you go way back they tried that with um right as ECW started up again and it, he was feuding with Edge and he ended up teaming up with Edge to go against Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk at one one night stand and that was a good uh, match yeah it was a good match and then they tur- they made him kind of go heel there and um. You know, there, I, I don't think, you know, of course, it didn't really work, you know, and, but, but, you know, but still, it's shocking. You know, I, 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 that'd be cool to see that where it's like fully kind of the one, you know, and get, yeah, because he does kind of constantly, like, you know, we question my integrity. He does it, yeah, it's, it's too much to the point where it's suspect. Yeah, and also, you, you expect Stephanie to be involved with Triple H because she's already the heel. That's her husband. You already, she's, she's already that character. So it's like, it would be no, like a no brainer if she was in cahoots with him. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the typical, she's quite and like, everyone's questioning her. Like Seth is like, no, nah, you know, you're, you're definitely involved. And she's like, I had no idea. And you know, it's like, I don't know. It's, but who knows, who knows what they'll do with that book. Team. What yeah. I had read is they're planning the Triple H versus Seth for WrestleMania. You can't drag that out that long. No, no, yeah. I think they originally wanted that before Seth got hurt. I think that was going to be the plan going in. They were going to turn in babyface and definitely have Triple H and Seth go at it. But yeah, you can't. Yeah, definitely you can't. That's too long. I can see Survivor Series maybe them having a match. I'm um, pretty sure Owens will keep his title. This this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping they keep the title on him for a, a little bit. You know, like let him let him be the champ. You know, let him be the champ for a while. You know, let you know just have him go against whoever, and then I don't know who you know they do who they have beat him. Maybe eventually Seth would go back around and face him and win it, but I can see that happening. Oh, I can see Seth definitely becoming champ again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be a champ again. Um, I could see Jericho turning on him. Yeah. Just because he's Jericho. Yeah. I mean... Um, They're funny, funny together, though. They work yeah. together real good. And it's funny because Jericho... I, I mean, Jericho's like one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, and he's good at reinventing himself. And he's always like... This whole like thing with you know like you know like stupid idiot and it and it, you're gonna get you know what you're gonna get yeah you're gonna get it. yeah he's great and, and like yeah he just does you know he's entertaining and he's just really good. and I, I I don't know if you caught this like I kind of it was almost like when he came out with the list last, yeah it was kind of almost a throwback to his list of thousand holes. Like, no, he was he was a thousand and one holes. Holes. <laughs> he had yeah. more than Malenko. More than more than Malenko. <laughs> and like everything was arm barn. Uh, 
That was yeah. I, it felt like it was like a throwback to that for some reason. It kind of felt like that, like him in the middle of the ring with a you know like. But, but uh, but yeah, but, but like, so speaking of speaking of that, um, our topic like so so like that was a, you know going back that was a great you know program he had with Dean Malenko and it was, that was a good angle with Jer- Jericho and that that defined him. As as you know the the, the Ayatollah rock and roller, so but today like our topic today is like uh, top angles, right? Yeah, people loved when we did the uh, the WCW, and they they like when we have topics and somebody suggested yeah. angles, and you know I gotta say one of my favorite angles ever was the, the split of the rockers. Oh yeah, and Sean, yep, and and it's 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 because of Bobby Heenan. Because you could see that that they were going to split them up, you know, weeks in advance. Because it was, you know, everything was so obvious back then. Yeah. But when he kicks Janetti, he throws him through that. He didn't so good because they're sitting there and he's like, he don't need this, this Janetti. He's fine. And then they shook hands and he didn't start commentary. He's like, that's right. They need him. They need each other. One without the other is no good. Then Sean does the super kick. I knew he was going to do that. Yeah. He don't need Janetti, but the best part is when he throws him through this this window, which is clearly like you know like sugar glass. But he he didn't throw the microphone. He's like, oh my god, Janetti tried to dive through the window to escape. Oh man, that's class. Yeah, he 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 could sell them angles. Oh, but, yeah, and then, yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember that. That was, you know, like, yeah, because Brutus is trying to get him back together, and he's like, the Rockers, and then yeah, he super kicks him and stuff, so. And they had planned, like, a long program and feud, but Janetti was, you know, in the wrestling terms, battling them demons, so yeah. he kept getting fired and rehired, you know, over the course of the years, and Sean just went on to be a huge star. Oh, yeah. But um, no, that, that, that's definitely a good angle. Um, I was like, I was trying to think of like my what my favorite angles were, and and you know, um, I think like one of my favorites. I mean, I got I got like you know a couple that are like my my top ones. But why I say one one favorite of mine is because this kind of went went for a while was actually. Um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin feud with Bret Bret Hart. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, and it, you know, like because that had a lot of good layers to it because you had um, it really started. You know, it started with you know Bret was coming back after his loss to Shawn Michaels at the Iron Man match at WrestleMania uh, 12, and uh, they had you know Austin was you know he just off one King of the Ring that summer and. Austin 316 was starting, and they were pushing him as a big heel. And I remember it really started with, you know, Austin was, like, challenging Brett and saying all this stuff about Brett. And then I remember they had uh, Brian Pillman, like, in the ring. Like, he wasn't wrestling yet. He was like, yeah, he had just had that ankle surgery or something. And I remember he was in the ring interviewing Austin, and then Brian was making a big thing out of him. Brett, and then Austin started kicking the shit out of his leg and ankle, and started beating the hell out of him, and all that. And that 
the next week or the week after that, they had that segment on Raw, which is notorious, and where it's at Brian Pillman's house. I just watched it the other day. <laughs> and or Austin, and I think that was oh, I remember seeing, I remember watching that live. It was great. It happened, you know, when it was when it aired. And yeah, like there were either there, you know, they had the TV crew there, and all of a sudden Austin's on the premises, and and you know he's attacking his buddies or bodyguards, or whatever. He was like beating up his neighbors. She threw yeah, one into a pool. And yeah, there was a little. Put him, and he hit him with like a little like. It was a tricycle. Tricycle and stuff, and then he finally they broke down the door, and then like he had Pillman with a gun. And then, you know, it, it cut, and, like, the, the, the feed went out, and then it came back, and, like, they're wondering, like, what happened? Did he shoot Austin? What happened? But then Austin came back and beat the hell out of him and all this. That was just crazy. And this is, like, pre-Attitude Era. It was right, right before the Attitude Era started, but it was it was really good. Because um, he was like, what are you going to do with Austin 316 meets Pillman 9 millimeter in his gut? Yeah. And it was, it was just great. That was a great segment. And then, you know, and then it went on, you know, with Austin face Brett at Survivor Series, and they had a pretty good match, and Brett beat him. Um, and, um, you know, Austin still wanted revenge on Brett, and he eventually won the Royal Rumble, and that they kind of had that where Brett got screwed out of the Rumble and how he eliminated Austin, but the referees didn't see it, and he got back in and eliminated everyone else and won the Rumble, and there was controversy. And then you get, you know, then you lead up to WrestleMania 13, where you have like the double, the the double turn. One of, where, one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. Yeah, that's my favorite match. And as I said before, when we had that our first show, um, but yeah, and then it, then you know Austin became the big babyface and Brett became the big heel. So I think that was a perfect angle, you know, with with those two characters and those two wrestlers, um, and the. the the little things in between that too, because then he also had, you know, through that Brett was battling with, you know, Vince, he kind of like, you know, he was fed up, you know, I remember like, you know, Sean, Sean lost his smile and gave up the title. And then they had that like fatal four way with Vader undertaker and uh, Austin and Brett, the in your house. And that was a good match too. Yeah. I, I kind of, vaguely remember that because I don't think I, I didn't you know because I didn't get the pay-per-views back then because it was too much money and just got like really just got Wrestlemania and roll and, and the Rumble um, but you know but I never you know obviously you know I watched Raw the next night when that happened and knew you know and then Brett won the title but then the next night Sid beat him he got screwed out of that because Austin cost him it and then every time, like, uh, Brett tried to get the title back, Austin kind of screwed him, and he got pissed. And he, I remember I remember it was like a USA episode. That's when Vince was still commentating. He got in the ring with Brett. It was like he thought, like, Sid was the champ, and he fought him in a steel cage. And he, yes. And then, and like, Undertaker was coming out, and Austin was coming out, and, like, Sid ended up winning the match and kept the title. And Vince got in the ring, was going to talk to Brett and ask him, like, you know, you how I want to. You know, are you still frustrated? And he shoved Vince on his ass, and I remember like he said like bullshit on on TV, and it was like it wasn't censored. And it was this was like back in the night, you know, like whoa, like I think they, you know, they didn't have the re the 
the the uh, delay yet. Yeah, so. that's right. He's like, this is bullshit, and I'm getting screwed, and this yeah. son of a bitch, and all. Yeah, he had a pretty good stream of profanity. Yeah, he was going. It was just like Brett supposed to be this, you know, hero and stuff. Like, Whoa! So that was like right before the, you know, the WrestleMania 13 match, and and so he was already there was shades of him turning heel, and then Austin was getting cheered and. So then finally they become, you know, in that in that one match, they had the submission match or the Knowles Bar match. Or, um, yeah, it was the I Quit yeah. match. I Quit, yeah. Because he wouldn't quit, he just passed out. He so he passed was out. Shamrock was the, Ken Shamrock was the referee. But, yeah, I mean, I think that was one of my one of my favorite, you know, angles uh, of all Do time you, they did. I remember before the Fatal 4-Way, because Gorilla Monsoon was the commissioner, and, and he was yeah. the one that made the match. And When he made it, Austin was mad, and he went in the ring. He's like, why they call you Gorilla when you just out here him hard like a jackass? Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> and then, like, Lawler was like, whoa! Like, like, Lawler's like, commentary. Like, no. well, Austin's promos are great. I remember that one. He's like, if you take the letter S and put it in front of the word Hitman, you have my opinion of him. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think the other one I remember the most, like the only person you could beat, is your wrinkled up old man in his little old basement. <laughs> yeah. He was. Yeah. That was Austin. Was just definitely like on Brett, like wanted that match and, and stuff. And I think that was just perfect. You know, with when Brett came back and they had that feud, and that was you know that was great. You know, and um, but um. It, you know, like like I said, that's what that's is probably one of the best angles that they ever did, and that you know kind of gave birth almost to the Attitude Era in a way. Yeah, and it was yeah because yeah, Brett started his own, and Brett did. I mean, the one thing that I'll give him credit for, I've never been a big fan of Brett, but he's the only person I know that could be a hero overseas and booed in uh, in America. He pulled that turn off. I don't know if anybody else could have. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. It was almost like, you know, like in Canada, yeah, overseas and in Canada, he was the hero. So it's almost like, you know, he was like, when he came, when he was in America, he was the visiting team and people booed him. But then when he came to Canada, he was, you know, he was cheered and stuff. Yeah, it was, I mean, that was, and then Austin would get booed overseas when they, when the two would fight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was good because, yeah, they, they made it where, um, you know, where like, yeah, like, like Brett didn't like turn like he like kept his almost like kept his integrity in that angle where he didn't turn on his his real fans which was the Canadians and stuff and it's like and then he felt the Americans were turning 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 their back on him because they were cheering for Austin and all that stuff. the guy that cheats and sneaks up on you and everything he said was true <laughs> yeah yeah and um but um, yeah, that was that was like a really you know real good angle and stuff. But um, but what uh, so Corey, what other your what other favorite angles do you have? I'm I'm saving my favorite for the last because it's oh. so layered. But one that I really liked and it's part of a, a bigger angle, but was when uh, when Stephanie McMahon was being stalked by the Undertaker. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the greater power. I I like that angle, which is which is part of. I mean, I won't lie, my favorite angle ever is Austin McMahon, but and that was ended up being part of it. Everything did back then, but uh, you know, like uh, he's calling her and he's leaving her flowers. It went on for a little while, and and you know, that one episode of Raw, she's talking to Vince, and she's still you know kind of the scared little girl. Yeah, and, yeah, that's what. Yep, yep. And you see this explosion, and there's the Undertaker's cross is burning in their yard, and. 
and I remember it, at the end of the pay per view, you know, they're rushing her out the the door, and it was like an old fifties horror movie. She gets in the limo, and you um, know, you take her out of here, and all at once the glass comes down, and the Undertaker turns around, he's like, "Where to, Stephanie?" And the limo speeds away with her screaming, and you know, then that was the end of the pay per view, and then he ends up uh, tying her to a cross on Raw the next day to marry her. Yeah. I just thought that was really cool, and I really like the uh, I like that payoff of him looking out the window, just because it almost reminded me of like a Phantasm Two or something. Just basically, yeah, well, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good, that was a good, good angle. Like, yeah, because I, I remember like they had, and then and then the, the, I don't know if the, I don't know, what do you think of like when that angle with the payoff with that was like the payoff sucked. Yeah, the payoff <laughs> sucked because it's like because Vince was like turning face almost and then he asked austin to help get his daughter back and, and austin does technically though paul bear did say i pronounce you man and wife before austin hit the ring but mm-hmm. you know he hit the ring he lays everybody out he beats you know because it's basically setting up for him against the undertaker he lays the undertaker out and then you know next week they jump austin they crucify him and yeah they had a crucifixion on you know that's just nuts when they crucified him and, you know, and then you, they're going to reveal the higher power, and the higher power is Vince McMahon. And he turned out he, he didn't care. He just wanted to get into Austin's head. He didn't care yeah. if it hurt his family. And Yeah, it was all... That was a shitty payoff. It was a shitty payoff, no. But leading, <laughs> leading up to it was great. Leading on, you know. Well, to kind of say, it's a kind of... In, one of my... Actually, another favorite angle of mine kind of, kind of, kind of is, is associated with that one. Was the whole uh, Triple H marrying step? Oh, that was gonna that was gonna be the next one. <laughs> I love that angle because that kind of that was good. I say that was really good, especially you know because I remember when they had Stephanie marrying Tess, and I was never a fan of Tess. I thought I called Tess the match wannabe, uh, pretty much, and uh, I was never you know and. Um, and I mean, it's I, I feel bad because you know Tess has now passed away and stuff. You know, it kind of sucks. That that sucks. But I was just never a fan of the guy. Um, and like, I didn't know where they were going. Like, okay, she's marrying Tess. Like, who cares? Like, it was one of those things. Like, who cares? And where's where's the payoff here? And then all and, and you knew it was gonna like every wedding gets broken up. I mean, that yeah. was a, a given. But no yeah. one could figure the way they did it was. I guess it was fucking never saw it coming. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, like I wonder, like, okay, something's gonna happen. Then I didn't know what exactly, uh, and then Triple H comes out. Because remember, Vince even said it: if you're not a member of my family and you come out, you're fired. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was, and then yeah, he came out, and then he did this, showed him the footage, and you know, I love the how he, she was knocked out and in in the in the car and. And then in the in the drive-through thing, and then uh, you know he was like going, um, he was like imitating her voice and stuff, and saying, "Yes, I do." He's <laughs> like nodding her head up and down. Yeah, and then then they were married, and then the whole thing, then the whole match at like Armageddon, and uh, with with Triple H and uh, Vince, and then and then the clat where where Stephanie turned on Vince and went with Triple H, and then the whole. And then I like Stephanie's promo when because it led to it's like you know well I did this because you know you 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 used me to get to Austin with the whole Undertaker thing and all mm-hmm. that and it was perfect payback and then just the whole 
you know, Helmsy McMahon regime and all that, and, and, you know, throughout, you know, leading up, you know, into 2000 and all that. And so I, I thought that was great. I thought that was great. I thought it was a, that was a good angle too, um, with them, you know, the, the, the marriage and her being in a cahoots with Triple H and, and all that. And to, you know, to get revenge on her dad. Well, and, the, and the DX was hot then too, so it was even yeah. like, it was hard to boo them at that point too. Yeah, and that was like the heel DX because you know um, that was like the, the second heel DX and stuff, and that's and like you know so that was that was you know that was a good I like that angle how they did it and stuff. So one of the angles I always loved was it's a little older. It's been done a few times, always by the same guy. Was the Midnight Rider angle. Where Dusty Rhodes would lose, he'd lose a loser leaves town, or he'd get suspended, and yeah. and uh, all at once the next week the Midnight Rider always showed up, which was looked suspicious, suspiciously like Dusty, he even had the same blotch on the stomach, but this guy wore a mask, and yeah. even sounded like Dusty too, and they'd always say, "Are you Dusty Rhodes?" "No, baby, I know Dusty Rhodes, baby, I'm the Midnight Rider." When he was in Florida and he was doing the gimmick, the Midnight Rider got the the title shot against yeah. Ric Flair, and he won the title. And that's when he was feuding with Kevin Sullivan. When Sullivan was doing like this whole devil worship thing, and he's like, "You, you, he has to take his mask off." He's like, "You have to know who the champion is. He's got to take the mask off." So it was either take the mask off, and you know, and you'd be fired because you know you're competing under the thing or give up your title so he had to surrender the title to it because he couldn't take the mask off and and i thought that was good they played that thing out for it always be the whole 60 days and then he'd be he'd be gone and mysteriously dusty Rhodes would be back the next week yeah but dusty and sullivan in florida had their their feud was just amazing yeah so i wish i got to see like a lot of like i said when I was up north, I just really saw WWF and like the newer WCW, but you know, and then now being in Florida, it's like you know, it could have been great back in the 80s, 70s and 80s here and stuff with yeah, the Florida Championship Wrestling from Florida, you know, the Funks, the Briscoes, and Dusty and all that. Um, so it had to be some cool, cool stuff here back in the day. What was good is then when Dusty came back, then he fought Sullivan in a loser must leave town match and he beat Sullivan and so then the following week you know Sullivan and a, a guy in a hood comes back yeah. <laughs> and you figure you're going to get the same angle but Dusty pulls the hood right off of him and, yeah. and Sullivan they suspend him he's gone and and then they're doing a, a big this is your life uh, thing for Dusty and they have Dusty's sister out there and Dusty's going to sign something he's got the, the old fashioned yeah. Ink with the quill, and Kevin Sullivan comes out of nowhere, and he grabs the ink, and he throws it, and Dusty moves, and it gets in his sister's eyes, and it blinds her, and so Dusty demands he be reinstated so he can get his revenge on Christmas night. And I remember he's doing the interviews. I'm come for you, baby. I yeah. come for you on Christmas night, baby. And mm-hmm. all at once, you know, a big hole comes from the ring, and it's Jake the Snake debuts, and. I mean, um, I know Dusty was the booker then, and man, he could write a story. Yeah, Dusty could. Yeah, he was very creative. Yeah, like he was, he was a great booker and stuff, and all that stuff. That's why they had him, you know, his last years in NXT and helping, you know, those that young talent and stuff. 
Um, uh, I think another another favorite of mine is uh, um, was when the Mega Powers exploded. <laughs> I just saw the picture the other day of him carrying her. <laughs> that was I remember. This is to me. This is like the greatest moment ever in wrestling history. Whatever. And it's when it was on a Serenade's main event. It was I think it was actually the main event, which was on. I think a lot of times they used to also have shows on Friday nights and prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this was a prime time. Yeah, they exploded on the prime time show. So um, and um, you know it's still Serenade's main event, just on Friday night on eight o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever. But so you know it's it's. It's um, so during this point, you know, my, okay, this is February of 1989. Uh, during this point, Macho Man is your champ. Uh, he's been the champ ever since WrestleMania four. Uh, him and Hogan are the Mega Powers, and they kind of slowly starting at Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble '89, where they kind of had some dissension, where Hogan eliminated Macho Man from it from the Rumble. And they were kind, of, you know, so there's kind of like, you know, and, and it's it's McMahon and Jesse, you know, commentating, and Jesse's going, "There's dissension in the ranks." And McMahon's like, "No, stop oh, it." Oh, they're friends, Jesse. He did some video of that song from Jackson Brown, like "You're a friend of mine," and and all this, and they're showing them buddy, all this, and and then I remember Jesse goes. I think McMahon goes, so, Jesse, what do you think of that? He goes, McMahon, you disgust me. If you were around when Nixon was was Nixon in the White, was in the White House, he'd still be president. They're <laughs> in the ranks. So, so, then, uh, so then, you know, they have the, the mat. They're, they're, they're feuding with the, the Twin Towers at this time. Hakeem and Big Boss Man, um, managed by Slick. So, so they have the match, and... Um, you know they're 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 in this match, and then during the match, Elizabeth gets like they throw Macho Man out, and he lands on Elizabeth hard. So she actually bumped pretty good. Yeah, it was yeah it was it was yeah it was a it was a good bump. And then you know they're both out, and Hogan's like you know trying to revive Elizabeth, and Macho Man finally comes to, and he's looking down like oh, like oh what the fuck are you doing and all this, and he's like pointing at him, and then. Hakeem grabs him and starts beating the hell out of him and all this stuff. And then Hogan just like turns turns to the ring and he goes, Yeah, Randy, you get him, you get him, you get him. And then he pulls takes takes Elizabeth and brings her to the back. And then brings her in the back and Macho Man's getting his ass beat. And Hogan's like crying like a baby. Oh, he's so, holding her hand. Elizabeth. Like, doctor, please. <laughs> doctor, you gotta help her, doctor. Oh god, doctor. He's like he's like he's begging and begging. He's like, and then they and like, then there's like a commercial break, and it comes back. The Macho Man's still getting his ass beat by the by the Twin Towers, and then finally, like, you know, and I remember like, there was like a one part, like if you watch this on the network, they kind of edited it down, but I have it on tape from the original, and there's a couple things. And I'll get to the the second one that they cut out. There's a part where Hogan like kind of looks to the camera and sees the cameras on him for he can ham up. <laughs> and they kind of cut that out, I think. Like, it's kind of looked at the camera kind of odd. Um, and then, like, to see if they were, like, back. Okay, we're back, we're back. You know, and, like, so, you know, so Elizabeth comes to, 
And she's like, where's Randy? He's like, are you still... And she's like, go help him, go help him. And Macho Man comes out. I mean, sorry, Hogan comes out, comes out to help Macho Man. And then, and then, and then, like, I remember, oh, I used to make fun of Vince so bad. Because then, like, Hogan comes out, and then Vince is like, here comes Hulk Hogan! <laughs> Hogan, man. I'm thinking, well, you get so excited. It's like, he's supposed to be there. It's like, it's, it's like he's like, he came out of nowhere. Like, he wasn't supposed to be yeah, there. Technically, you should be yelling at him. He abandoned his partner. Yeah, he abandoned, exactly. He abandoned his partner. And then, um,. And then, and so, you know, Hogan gets on the apron, and finally, like, Macho Man's still getting beat, but then he's kind of, you know, he kind of, you know, get, gets gets away from Boss Man or whoever, and he sees Hogan, he kind of looks at him, he just slaps him in the face and gets out of the ring, and I just remember, I'm like, and then he goes, and then Vince is like, what was that? And then, and I let Jesse's like, I don't know, but Savage just struck Hogan. <laughs> and, then, and then Vince is all whining, he's like, took the part the manager he's like trying to say partner and he's really he took the part the manager back and like macho man and then hogan's like come on man and macho man grabs his belt he's like i got my belt i go i don't need this see you later and it's like so he he leaves and um hogan ends up winning the match obviously oh yeah he hulks up up and all this and then he's coming back and he's like randy and all this, and, and Macho Man's yelling at Elizabeth. He's like, I'm not number three, I'm number one. You guys got me in the back seat. And then Hogan finally gets in his face, and they're all, you know, and he goes, he goes, um, and he goes, man to man, you never asked me for a title shot. You know why? You know why? And he goes, you know, because you can't beat me. He's like, you can, and he's going, uh, I'm in the back seat, and I'm number three, and I'm number one. Champ's got to be number one, all this. So he's like, come on, man. He's like, and then he goes, you got lust for Elizabeth. And I remember he, like, like kind of like Macho Man, I think something that Hogan said this in an interview. Something like Macho Man was really getting into his face. He wanted like Hogan to look mad and stuff. And he, like he kind of like if you watch, like he's kind of pointing next to his eye. And as he says, like got lust for Elizabeth. And he those he goes those eyes right there. Those eyes are lust for Elizabeth. And kind of like kind of like kind of pokes him almost in the eye, but not really. But kind of like and he's like like he's like get out of my face. And Hogan then he's like I'm out of here. And then he lays out. He lays out uh, Hogan. He hits him with the belt. He hits him with the belt, and he, like, throws Elizabeth. Elizabeth's trying to stop him. He just, like, throws Elizabeth, like, real hard away from the kick, you know, away. And there's a, okay, here's another scene that they'll, if you watch it on the network, watch anywhere on from WWE, you know, DVDs, they edit this part out. This part where Brutus comes in, and he's not supposed to come in yet. He's wearing a yellow shirt. And he's like kind of standing there, and like kind of like Macho Man's like beating the hell out of Hogan, and Bruce just comes behind. He's just like standing there, not doing nothing. It's almost like he came in too soon. <laughs> They're like, kind of like, oh no, 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 not yet. So they cut that part out. I love that part. It's like he's like because he's like kind of like wondering like because and like so then eventually Bruce comes out, comes back, comes back, and he goes, "What are you doing, man? What are you doing?" And then. And Macho Man like lays lays out lays out Bruce and stuff, and then finally, like they get like he's, he's I think he threw on Pat Patterson and stuff, and they're like they're like somebody get Savage out of here. He's like, and so Macho Man like leaves, and um, after that, um, I think Hogan was searching for him, and he's backstage and he beats the hell out of like the Rockers and the Heart Foundation. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and like he's just looking, he's like, Randy, me tell it, all that. So, and obviously that led to WrestleMania five where Macho Man lost the title, so that sucked. But, but that's, that's a horrible good. WrestleMania he, too. He beat the hell out of Hogan. That was great. You know, one of the angles that I liked, actually, is this kind of spun off of that, is when Hogan lost the belt, he went to go make No Holes Barred. Yeah. I like No Holes Barred. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I, have, I saw it in the theater yeah, when I was no, a kid. I liked it. Well, the Tiny Lister, as everybody knows him now, Zeus or Debo. Yeah, Tiny Lister, yeah. A big guy, and McMahon, and see, people can laugh, but it's genius. McMahon brings this guy in. And and the, the thing is, and it's Heenan and Ventura selling it. They're like, yeah, he was the real star of the movie. Hogan was was trying to upstage him, and Hogan was stealing his lines, and and Hogan was mean to him on set. So he's coming here now for revenge, and and of course, you know, he's teaming with Savage, and you know, yeah, Hogan's teaming with Beefcake. And I just like that. I mean, who would have thought of that, though? Here you get a movie, and you're bringing in your enemy in the movie saying that he didn't like you on yeah. set. Oh, it's, it's cool, yeah, because it's like if because the movie was out that summer in 89, it's kind of like, okay, you got the live, you know, the live version of it at SummerSlam, you know, and him and, you know, him and Zeus and, my, you know. And they made Zeus like he was unstoppable, like you, yeah. you couldn't pick him up and that, but... Sadly, that it, it didn't last long. I think Zeus was there for just—he was just there for a few times. Yeah, he was just really there for that SummerSlam match to build that up, and that was it. And uh, and then the one pay-per-view gimmick where they—you could watch No Holds Bar, and then you could see Hogan and Macho against, uh, or Hogan and Beefcake against Zeus and Macho in the cage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember that too. Because yeah. it's No Holds Bar, the movie, then the match. The match, yeah. But yeah, that was that was that was a good that was a good angle. Hogan was, and I've never been a, a Hulkamaniac, but especially no, when, I was, he, when I was a kid, especially. But he always was involved, and his angles were always really good. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like you know, to me, like like Cena too. Like I'm not a Cena fan, but his angles that he was involved in are good. Like yeah, like Hogan. I mean, you got, I mean, back you know in that era. He was against two of my favorite guys, which were Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, um, because I loved the Ultimate Warrior match at you know WrestleMania Six, where Warrior beat Hogan and stuff. That's a hell of a good match. Surprising is, for two guys with no real talent. <laughs> that yeah. match is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I was I, I you know still uh, Warrior is one of my favorites and stuff, you know, and you know I mean the guy you know yeah he wasn't a, the per- perfect wrestler, but he. He believed in his character. He made that character. He, you know, you know, and, you know, he would, you know, I mean, if he didn't have his issues and stuff and with Vince and stuff, he, he could have surpassed Hogan, you know, as a big star and thing, you know. You know, he, I, I can't really fault him, though, because I know one of the reasons that the, that he fell apart after one of those matches was he wanted more money. He held Vince up for money. But it's like, okay, if Hulk Hogan is getting $1 million and you're wrestling him, why should you get twenty five thousand? You should get, I'm not saying Hogan money, but you damn well sure should be getting half a million. Yeah, I mean, and and Warrior's the guy that beat Hogan. He's the guy that you okay. He's your new guy. You know, like they're gonna be okay. We're gonna go with Warrior now and see, you know, give Hogan a break. And, and yeah, it's like yeah, like they, yeah, they never gave him as good you know good money as like Hogan and stuff. But yeah, it's like you know, and he's supposed to, and he's. 
selling merchandise. I mean, Warrior sold so much merchandise, and you know, and and he, you know, like he was a huge he, Warrior was a he, he was a huge star. It was just, oh just, yeah, I, I saw him live many times as a kid. He got just as big an ovation as Hogan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel. I mean, I I think you know, Macho. I mean, Macho Man did too. I mean, Macho Man got a big, but I think it kind of over Hogan era kind of overshadowed that and like. You know, and then he turned Macho Man heel, so he was a bad guy. He was one of the main heels for a while. Um, he flip flopped constantly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he started off as a heel, then he became a babyface, then a heel, and eventually, like when he retired, he became a babyface again. Um, and then, obviously, in WCW, he went back and forth too. But, but, he, but Macho Man was a guy. He's like a Shawn Michaels, where you love him as a heel or a babyface. He can be both. Yeah. You like Ric Flair too. You're not. There comes a point where you're just not yeah. going to boo the guy. Yeah, Rick, exactly. Yeah, Flair, Shawn Michaels, um, you know, uh, Macho Man. You know, I mean, there's some some guys that can't do it. Some guys that can only just be a babyface and only could be a heel and can't be back and forth. You know, um, but um, that's you know, if if you can play, I think if you're definitely a very t- you know, I mean, a, the perfect wrestler would be the guy that can. Do it all in the ring and cut a promo, and then also can be a good babyface and be a good heel. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, yeah, Eddie. You know, and as, for the females, I think Sasha Banks fits that. Now, let me ask you something. Where Sasha Banks? Because I, I just recently watched NXT, and uh, were Sasha Banks and Bailey were they friends or were they com- against each other? Um, they were always. I think they were always. You, they never were friends like in the storyline. Like from what like Sasha's story arc, like from day one, and I kind of you know obviously I wasn't watching yet. I didn't you know either. There was no network to watch, and I don't know how people got NXT. I think it was on Hulu or something. But but I went back and kind of you know watched like the history or clips of the history, but. You know, she, you know, Sasha started off as just like a kind of like, I'll say a jobber, you know, like she, you know, and they were built. Then finally she was a baby face and then she finally got, she, I think she turned on like Paige or something and, and became a heel. And then eventually, um, she teamed with, uh, Summer Rae and Charlotte and they were like the BFFs. Uh, beautiful, fierce females. So they were, they were heels. And then I think when Bailey came in, she was like the super fan, and she wanted, you know, and they like teased her and stuff. But she, you know, and so, so and then, so I don't think they were ever, like they weren't like. I think now is the first time they're actually on the same side, like on Raw, like they're both baby faces. So I think there always were like shots was always a heel and Bailey was a baby based. And then there's Charlotte who's the ultimate heel. Yeah, Charlotte plays a better definitely heel. Because so. Charlotte for a while, I mean, in NXT, you know, she, you know, and there, you know, like she eventually she was the champ, but eventually something she left Sasha and Charlotte became the baby face and Sasha was the the heel and then I think. Uh, that's when Becky Lynch came in. She was she was like, like kind of Sasha's underling and stuff. And Becky eventually became the babyface and stuff. So, 
Charlotte's a natural heel, I think, just like her dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like her as a face, or I prefer as a as a as a heel. Um, but um, you know, um, and I think Becky's a better be. You know, I don't. I, I mean, she could be a heel. She could be either way. I mean, but I th- she's definitely better baby face right now. And Bailey's definitely. You know, I, I don't see Bailey as a heel. That'd be no. Yeah, they won't make heel, but. But yeah, it's, but um, yeah, but um, what other what other like angles you got? Yeah, one that I really like was uh, ACW when um, Shane Douglas was leaving, and see back then when somebody was leaving, they're just gone. Yeah, you know, and then they would go to the new company video package. They you never mention them again. It's like that person never existed. Well, Douglas was a champ. He's wrestling the Sandman. Sandman hits him with the cane. Woman does the turn on Douglas. Sandman wins, and Shane Douglas grabs that mic, and he's like, if I got to go somewhere I can wrestle, God damn it, you people are going to kiss my ass. And he put on a Monday Night Raw t-shirt. I remember that, yeah. Walked out the front door. Everybody's like, what the fuck? You know, a few weeks later, he comes back. And he fights, I'm negotiating with Vince McMahon. Gonna go to the WWF. And he's wearing his, every week he's wearing like a WWF t-shirt and everything. And I'm gonna go get the money from Vince. And, and even Mick Foley, who had trained with him, and they go, what are you doing, Shane? Like, There's no wrestling here, it's garbage. And he brings in, who went on to be in, you know, very legendary, brings in the special commissioner appointed or at state athletic commission appointed Bill Alfonso mm-hmm. to ref for him and you know enforce the rules and you know he's like Shane you need to leave and he just this is nothing like the big arenas of Raw and, and it went on for like a few months but they told you he was leaving and going yeah. there I remember that I remember watching that's when I first really started watching ECW and I remember that yeah that was actually one of my favorite angles as well like that whole Thing it was like with Shane and Sandman and, and and Cactus Jack and all that and how they did that and then eventually with him going to WWF as Dean Douglas so yeah that flopped but oh yeah but you know, yeah and I mean he's wearing their T-shirts and everything and yeah like I said before it would just be like Sandman would you know back in the old days Sandman would beat you and you cease to exist a few weeks yeah. later your vignettes start in another company. Exactly. ECW did. ECW, and I've said it before, it's a product of its time. It's not as fun to watch now as it was back then, but it really did influence a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you didn't have ECW, you wouldn't have the. I, I don't think you wouldn't have Nitro or Raw or the Attitude Era. I say there'd be no Attitude Era, no. But no, no. I mean, EC, that's why it was a perfect time for wrestling because. ECW gave you like gave real wrestling fans something that alternative that they you know because both programs were you know WCW was very southern and very old school and WWF at the time was very cartoony and you know and where ECW was like we're gonna do this stuff like we're gonna use tables and chairs and blood and have chicks and you know and like make it the interviews were loaded with profanity. Yeah, and that was it was like rated R wrestling, and yeah, it was and it was it was a product of its time. Like it fit the '90s perfectly, 
and so did like the attitude error and stuff. It's like when, like if they did it now, it wouldn't quite fit the era, the time and stuff. But I don't know. It's like when I would when I would show it to my son at first, he's like, you know, this is pretty neat. Hey, these guys they 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 went outside. Dreamer and Raven Yokes their matches were all over the place. Yeah, this is really fun. And and kind of like and as I'm watching it, it was like this was a lot more fun 20 years ago. You know, it's a, I mean it's still good, but it's like it it yeah. yeah it doesn't seem to really when you go back and you watch it now. You know, not being such a mark for it. Yeah, it's real sloppy. Most of the guys there couldn't wrestle worth the shit. Yeah, and I think also like back when I watched it, I'm watching it for the first time, and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you're just in amazement every week. Yeah, yeah. And um, I and, and like yeah, there's a lot of angles in ECW that I loved. Like I liked uh, when Steve Austin was there briefly, mm-hmm. yeah, the superstar. And when he did that, when he came there and he was doing the Monday Nightquel and oh, that was great, and all that stuff and doing Bischoff and imitating him and imitating Hogan and all that, I thought that was great. I thought that was you know, and then yeah, because they're acknowledging that these other companies exist and yeah. they're insulting them. Yeah, and then and and they were the first ones to do that, really. And then obviously, then you know, months later, they had the whole you know billionaire Ted skits. With WWF, with the Nacho Man and the Huckster and all that. Scheme Gene. Scheme Gene, yeah. And you know, like when they, I mean, it was it was it was great they were doing all those you know things, and then they had um, they had um, you know, with, of course, the battles with um, you know it was it was Mikey Whiprack and Sandman and Austin, and the whole you know. Thing where I remember, like I think that's, I think Austin helped. I don't know if he helped. He didn't really well. Like he was, he was. He beat up the Sandman, and then Whipwreck ended up hooking his trunks for the win. Yeah, and yeah, so Mikey won, and then I think it was Mikey and Austin had the match in November to remember, and then and Mikey beat Austin and stuff, and I think Paulie. I remember like Paulie wanted Austin to win, but then. I think this is the Austin didn't want to win. He's like, no, I'll just let this kid beat me. Yeah, he didn't want to win. That was before, like, right before he even signed with Vince. So it wasn't like, hey, I'm going over to Vince, you know, and stuff. But um, but then even then they had the match with the three way, with the you know the ladder match, which was funny because it was a ladder match. There was a ladder involved in the match, but it wasn't like you had to climb the ladder. Like their ladder matches was just like. Yeah, here's, here's a ladder. It's a weapon. Yeah. And it wasn't like climb the ladder, even though they had ladder matches where you, you had a title above. But, but you know, that was a good one. And then Sam and I got the title back. And, you know, um, that was... Oh. A, I remember, like, the, the finish to that. Cause it was like a... It was like a slop... Some type of sloppy finish with Sam and Austin. I just remember that where... where Austin, you know, it was like a stiff, it was like a stiff shot from Sandman. It was kind of like, and you know, it was it was like an awkward pin or something. And I know they only showed it in clips, if that tells you anything. Yeah, so they they, they won't, yeah, they don't show the whole thing of that. But um, I how remember about the how about the Raven Dreamer angle? That was good. I mean, that's one of my favorite feuds. Um, and that feud went on for like four or five years, yeah. and it all centered around that. 
Raven and Dreamer went to the same summer camp. Yeah. And the fat, pimply-faced girl that Raven liked, she liked Dreamer, and Dreamer had everything, and Raven didn't have nothing. And now the girl was hot. She was beautiful, yeah. McGillicuddy. And, yeah. And and their hatred was just from summer camp, and they would, they'd bring in new people, and and even when Raven would go on a feud with somebody else, one of his gang was working the feud with Dreamer, and yeah, I mean it was just the mileage they got out of that yeah, was amazing. And they had you know Stevie Richards, and they had a lot of even the Dudleys were involved, and the Blue you know. Meanie, the Harris brothers, fucking, mm-hmm. and the Sandman was feuding with Raven when Raven brainwashed his. Got his, his wife son. hooked on drugs and brainwashed his son. He did a lot, of, yeah. Like there was a lot of ECW had a lot of good angles like that. They the, did, yeah. Another another feud and angle I liked was was Taz and Sabu. That was a good one because that went on for about a year before they even had a match. Yeah, and that was good because you know, and I, I you know, Taz. Both of those wrestlers are one of my favorite. Like they're they're up there. Um, and especially Taz was at his peak, and that's when he was with Bill Alfonso, and he would come out and talk shit, and and you know he wanted Sabu, he wanted Sabu, and then finally at uh, Barry the Legal, they had the match, and and it's funny because around it's funny that's another match where there was a double turn, and I didn't see that one. That's one I didn't see coming. I never suspected anything there. Yeah, because then Rob Van Dam came out, and then Bill Alfonso, and then then they turned on like they turned like Bill Alfonso went with Sabu, Sabu came the heel, Taz became the face, and because yeah, um, Alfonso bet all his money on Sabu, and when Taz won, he got pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was like, and I I like yeah, that was a, that was a real good angle, like the way they did, did that, because that was a big build up to that. Um, and um, that was a great pay per view, like the whole Barry League. That's that's one of my favorite pay per views, yeah. actually. Yeah. Because that uh, that three way dance at the at the end was awesome. Oh yeah, with Funk and uh, Funk and uh, Stevie and uh, the Sandman. Yeah, and Sandman was like you could tell he was like loaded big yeah. time, like a minute, and it counted. <laughs> he drank like eight beers before the match even started, and he kept like wandering away, drinking more. Yeah. And I guess I think Tommy was hurt. I mean, Tommy was there commentating, but I think he was hurt or something. Like I don't know why he wasn't on the pay per view. I forget what was the reason. Um, I think he because I think he was going to be instead of Stevie, it was going to be Tommy Funk and Sandman. But then I don't know. I forget why. Uh, I don't I think know. that I think in the storyline was just he just he gave his spot to Terry Funk because that's his mentor. Oh, uh, that was okay. I always liked it November to remember because it, it always seemed to be Funk and Dreamer. Mm. This is an angle; it's just something I remember for some reason. And they would always do the Guns and Roses November Rain, and they play yeah. all the things lead because that was their WrestleMania basically. And, yeah. and some and you know Raven was with uh, he was with Cactus. Yeah. Okay. And, yep. and Dreamer needed help because he and he I remember he picked up the phone and he's like, "Hello, operator." Give me the double cross ranch. Like she didn't ask him what city or state or who he was looking for. He's like, give me the double cross ranch. Because that was also the whole time when McFoley was leaving, and he yeah. was going to work. He was going to WWE. But he was talking about how he wanted to go back and work for Eric Bischoff because yeah. he was sorry that he messed up his chance. Yeah, I remember that. Like, Please take me back, Eric. 
And he had the Eric Bischoff, he had a Dungeon of Doom shirt on and an Eric Bischoff shirt. And that Forgive me, Uncle Eric, I have sinned was on the back of it. Because he was trying to make Tommy Dreamer stop being hardcore because he wanted him to go t- touch the loving embrace of WCW and wear his suspenders. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. They had some good stuff. They did. I mean, Paul Heyman was... Obviously, he was a horrible businessman, but goddamn, he was a good booker. Oh, yeah, he could book. Definitely. Definitely. And then, um, and yeah, they had a lot of good, I mean, and then, like, and then go, I mean, I'll just say these two angles that I liked, even though it's kind of cliche in a way, but I'd say the NWO. Oh, that's one of the best ever. Yeah, even though, you know, I, you know, I know everyone says it, but it is. It's NWO is the best one one of the best angles and stuff and also uh dx i love dx i like dx probably more than the nwo because nwo wore out their welcome quicker yeah i you know they did a good see with dx they they, each formation was a good like it was fresh it was like because your first formation was like really deshaun and triple h and you had china there you had rick rude and 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 then and mainly it was all about like that one was all really about Sean and um and then when Sean left it was then it was like the babyface DX and it was Triple H and the X Pac and China and the New Age Outlaws and it was just it was just more like a big group and stuff and they were like the big they were big baby faces and then even when they you know like. Because they had that thing where Triple H, you know, turned heel, and then they kind of separated, but then he brought them back, and they were the heel function DX and stuff. You know, um, and I, I kind of like when they came, when they, Sean and Triple H had the reunion in 06. Yeah, that was funny. The first time, the first reunion was funny. The second one was sad. Yeah. And then the very last one, it was too, like, they had Hornswoggle, and there was... Yeah. And it was like, all right, yeah. Well, and by Sean becoming, and I have no qualms about a guy becoming, you know, born again or anything. That's cool. But, yeah. you know, by doing that and not wanting to be, you know, he wouldn't do any of the sexual comments, the yeah. window, the profanity. That that's the gimmick. You're a degenerate. So when he went to be real cartoony and it was just Hunter, it, it just didn't it didn't work as much. It almost became it was too childlike. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, my kid thought it was funny, but there you go. A seven-year-old was finding it funny. Yeah, it was well, not like it used it to be. Different time, you know. It was in the PG era, you know, like a lot, to, you know, towards the end. So it was like more like they're the goofballs, you know. They're not. Yeah, they're not really DX. No, no. It was you know, it was a, the PG version of them. So, but those those you know both NWO and DX were like the top. You know, like those were. Definitely, you know, definitely, you know, some of the best angles produced by, you know, you know, those two companies, WCW, WWE. WCW, you know, the sad thing is, is I know they were Southern Yokel Company. And and I've said this before, before the Hogan era of WCW, when it was just more like the Ravishing Rick Rude, Ric Flair, Sting, Dustin Rhodes. I always thought they were, they they weren't like the better company because it was... Southern was so low rent, but yeah. as far as wrestling matches, they were leaps and bounds superior to WWE's product, I thought, in the ring. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't really, like I said, I mainly watched a lot of WBF. So, um, you know, with the W, I mean, definitely, like, you had Flair, you know, and he's arguably one of the best wrestlers alive. So you had, you had Dusty Rose, you had all these guys, like, even, uh, you know, like, uh, T.A. Magnum, you know, like, we, his brief, you know, like, he was good, and he had the, the Andersons, and, you know, he had, like, you know, Rich Steamboat and all that. And, and, and yeah, like, they were, and I, I would say, like, the WC, like, or NWA even was more about the wrestling uh, and the feuds and all that, where WWF was, and, and still is, more about entertainment and more about show, you know, mm-hmm. more about their very, their larger-than-life characters. You know, and... We were lucky enough here, both companies would come here, and to see what, even when WCW was big, you know, at the point, watching the shows, really, it's, it, it is, it's comparing Walmart to Yonkers. <laughs> it, I mean, it really, it really and truly is. I mean, the, the production level and all that, because, you know, where we were at, the last draw we were at, you know, we were right there, and, right in the front and and I'm watching you know here comes the Miz and out here comes six guys they're rolling down this carpet you never see them on you see them on camera for a second but you know then they got it back up and they're switching the fire I mean that's a well oiled machine yeah WCW is just production quality was always pissed poor with them yeah they did yeah well that's why Vince put he put effort into every little nuance of the show where WCW is like, okay, we'll give you a good wrestling match and we'll book it good, but you know we don't really care about the lighting or this or the sound or the you know it's like we'll we're, we'll half-ass that. You know? Yeah. You know? but yeah, like there was a time like you look at WCW in even like the wrestlers, even though they weren't using them good, like in from '95 to '97, you had some of the best wrestlers, and that goes with the you know the cruiserweights and you know because. You know, at the time you had like Jericho, Malenko, Benoit, Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, you know, and Hoovy. He forgot the, the juice. The juice, Hoovy. You, you you had you know there was a lot of there was a lot of good you know good talent you know um, even though with tag teams you know the Steiners you know they had Road Warriors they had Harlem Heats and. Uh, you know, you, you did. They had a lot of good, you know, talent, and even like the older guys, like Macho Man and, and stuff. And D- and Macho could still go. Like him and DDP yeah. for two old men, they tear they, the house down. Yeah, yeah, Macho Man. Yeah, and even like right before Macho Man left, like he looked, he looked really in good shape and stuff. Oh, he looked like he was completely on the juice. Yeah, yeah, and then you know you had also Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and the Outsiders. You know, so you had. He had some good. They had some really good talent. Um, where WWF still did, you know, you, you had your Shawn Michaels. You know, Triple H was still kind of getting there, and you know, and, and he had Brett. You had you know Austin, and you know that's when Mick first came in. You had Undertaker, but you know, yeah, you didn't. They, but then then also they had the Goon, T.L. Mm-hmm. Hopper. Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Yeah, he had all these these guys that were too cartoony and didn't, you know, 
didn't fit, you know, fit. Um, but yeah, it's just like, uh, they could have, you know. They didn't know. That was just it. It was Vince McMahon. That shows you how smart he is. He WCW time the top company in the world now for the first time ever. Vince McMahon whipped their ass with a handful of people that they fired because they thought had no talent. Yeah, Foley, Jericho, the the Stone Cold Steve Austin. They never draw a dime. Triple H. Yeah, all these guys. That shows you the difference of, of leadership in the two yeah, companies. Exactly. And then, you know, a lot of those guys, like, you know, then Milenko and Eddie and, and Benoit and then Saturn and all those guys and, and, you know, Raven and all, you know, those guys were at WCW for that time and then went to WWF. That's when I think WCW really took a bad hit because yeah. they, 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 they could always say, you know, well, our main events aren't that good, but we got the best undercard in the world. When they lost those guys, they lost all their five-star matches. Yeah, they did. And Eddie Guerrero, you know, McMahon knew what to do with him. Eddie Guerrero should have been a star in WCW. Jericho should have been a big star. All those guys should have been. Vince knew what to do with them. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, like exactly. Like They just... You know, it's it's a shame, but that's what you know, and that was the demise of it because they had all this young talent, but they focused, you know, Bischoff focused on NWO, Hogan, you know, all that's you know, it's like the only like, young guy. Like I, I get why, because that's your name, but you should be making these other guys big names too. Yeah, but they yeah, they just didn't get that. No, those same guys. You know, if you see the guy on TV every week for a year, you're going to get tired of him eventually. I know, yeah, exactly. I think that's why, and I'm not a fan of Brock Lesnar, but I think that's why people like him so much, you don't see him all the time. Yeah, it is. He's a special attraction, which I, I kind of like that because I'm not, yeah, I'm not a huge Brock Lesnar fan, but it's cool when, you know, like, because... I don't know. You, there's only so much you can, to me, you can do with him, you know. So if he had him around all the time, it's kind of would be like, all right, you know. I mean, because, you know, I don't know. I've obviously he's probably going to feud again with Orton because they don't they have a score to settle and all that. And really, I don't see who else he can face. Samoa Joe. Yeah. That. Well, that would. Yeah. I, w- I would like to see that. I mean, if they were to do that and that'd be cool if that did happen they really have to build up Joe I mean I think that I would like seeing that but you know like now you know who knows if Samoa Joe they would you know I could see him on the main roster eventually I'm surprised he's not I'm truthfully like I'm surprised he started in NXT to be honest with you I'm not too surprised because just because like when looking back on TNA and they had a lot of they had all these this, these wrestlers and even I'm surprised you know I'm, I'm but I'm happy to see AJ Styles where he is now oh but, I, but ten years ago even five years ago I couldn't imagine those guys being in WWF like 
Rude or AJ or Samoa Joe or Eric Young or Austin Aries. I never pictured them. I think Austin Aries is the most overrated guy (laughs) in the world. But I don't think Bobby Roode's that great. Great entrance. I like his robe, but I don't. I don't really see the talent everyone else does in him for some. I like. Time. I like him. I, I do. I, I like. Him. But he was over. I'll tell you, he fought No Way Jose here, and uh, you know when that music hit, the whole building—not me. I'm a Jose, No Way Jose guy. But they were all singing <laughs> glorious. I was saying No Way Jose. No way. <laughs> Sad thing with No Way Jose fans is. He comes down, he dances, and then he loses. <laughs> he is the highest on the card jobber I've ever seen. Yeah, he's there to get the other guys over, I guess, get the heel over. But um, but yeah, like you know, like when Joe came in, I was like, you know, like I kind of expected him to go to NXT because I'm thinking like, all right, you know, here's a guy because he doesn't have the physique that Vince likes, you know. Even though he is the legendary guy, you know, I, I didn't see and and, he, and if he wasn't WWE, he would be mid Carter. They wouldn't have him as any big main eventer. But I think what NXT does is it makes him a star because he's he was the champ. He's a main eventer there, and that helps like Vince open his eyes to that and see like, okay, well this guy can. You know, you know, you know, like lead this company or or be, carry the com- carry the company and be their champ and be like a top healer, top whatever, babyface. You know, I can see them when eventually they put him to the main roster. You know, it's more accepted. Like you know, okay, you know, so that's why I don't think you know. Even with, I mean, AJ, I, I mean, yeah, you had to have him debate the debut on the main roster. AJ Styles and stuff, um, but like even like Bobby Roode's not on the main roster, you know, like you know, and he was someone back in the day, you, you know, he would definitely like debut as in the main roster, but he would be like a mid Carter at best, you know, like he would not be a, a big contender. But um, well, I think AJ was originally supposed to be just a mid Carter, but he got, I mean, everybody just loves him so much that it was yeah. like shit. We can't just make him be a a job guy. No, yeah. Yeah. They put him they yeah, they put him in the main event, you know, you know, in like early on and, and now I think with the brand split helps, you know, like where there's two focuses and now, you know, he's he's the champ and stuff. Um you know, he's the legit he's the official you know, the 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 champ one, that runs the camp. The champ that runs the yeah, the champ that runs the camp. But um, uh, but yeah, um, but and I don't know if the rumors are true, but they're saying like WWE wants to buy TNA. Um, I mean, what would they buy? I mean, well, the video library. I think that's what I, I heard. I heard. Um, I heard um, that that's the big reason why is the video library, and it kind of. I get that because you have your top star, AJ Styles, you have Samoa Joe, you have Austin Aries, you have Eric Young, you have, you know, Bobby Roode, and you can, you know, you have all their history. And even, like, Sting stuff, you know, you know, um, but it's sad that they're just going to, you know, they would just bury that company. 
Well, and I think Billy Corgan will, I think he'll end up, what do you call it? He'll buy it. He'll buy it, yeah. Yeah, and and now I'm kind of like, I'm still not really all in with TNA. I think TNA was much better a long time ago, but I can see that they're trying, especially if you notice when you watched Raw this past week, fans were chanting, delete, delete. Oh, they're trying to sign him. They make no qualms about it. They offered him a contract. Oh, Matt Hardy? But I think the deal with Hardy's contract with with them is it's a light schedule with TNA. He he has complete creative control over what he does, and he can take any indie bookings he wants. And I don't think Hardy needs to work the WWE schedule. No, no. And that's funny how they more want Matt Hardy than Jeff, because Jeff was always there. You know, big star out of He was the Sean, and Marty was, and uh, and Matt was the Marty. The Marty Jannetty. Yeah, you don't want to be the Marty Jannetty of the tag team. That was the. I mean, that deleter. I mean, it's it's so fucking horrible. But you can't stop watching it talking. But it's not like it's good. I mean, it's utter shit. But it's it's amazing shit. Yeah. Then I and I was talking to one of my friends at work, and like, cause I I still gotta watch the. The rest of the the decay and deletion. Oh. But I heard like they they something like they were drowning Matt Hardy and so then he then he reemerged and he was the old he was the evil Matt Hardy the anti mm-hmm. and he had the old belt the, the ugly belt that he had and stuff and then Matt was like I don't want that Jeff Hardy I want the <laughs> he was like like they resurrected him and stuff. Well, it was like in the first one when Jeff went in the water he comes back out as Willow. Yeah, yeah, that was a stupid gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Hardy, because Senior Benjamin, you know, they take him. He's, he's out in front of WWE headquarters. He's hanging up missing posters for this guy. <laughs> oh, man. He reinvented himself good. Either that or he just really upped his drug abuse. Yeah, man, I mean, yeah, the whole, you know, yeah, they did... And like so now, like Matt Hardy's like a face now. It's almost like they're now Matt and Jeff are on the same page. It looks like, and I don't know. That's what it seems with the whole. And, and then like the K was trying to steal King Maxwell and stuff. Have you noticed that that kid has one piece of fucking blonde hair, just like Matt does? I didn't. Know, I didn't really notice that. They, oh god, they probably dyed it or something. Yeah, if you look real close, the kid has like one piece of blonde hair too. Yeah. Yeah, because when he thought they were gonna try to take him, that's when he was yeah. like Vanguard One. Senor Benjamin, guard King Maxwell. That's when Reby has his fucking samurai sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you got you know him and Jeff are thinking of this when they're high. They yeah, have to be. Yeah, they they're like you know they're probably like thinking you know they're going to them like look this company's shit. Let's just do this angle. It's ridiculous, but it's gonna be funny. People are gonna catch on. You know and you know. And they did, like, you know, I mean, like, when you have, and I think that's, besides an actual TNA guy in the WWE ring, I think that's the first time I've ever heard a TNA chant at a Raw event where there's no, you know, TNA people. And Matt's smart because he's always on Twitter and Facebook. You know, he's he's building the angle. He does all his interviews, if you notice. He does them all in character. Yeah. Even his tweets are in character. Mm. 
I thought the although I thought the the Wyatt versus the New Day at the compound was pretty. It was it was higher budget definitely. Yeah, it was I liked filmed it. a lot slicker. Yeah, I liked it. Looked like a Rob Zombie movie. I mean, yeah. it was it was really the the video production of that was great. Yeah. And it's funny because people are saying like they they ripped off the final deletion. Of course they did. Yeah. And I think all of them ripped off on Lucha Underground, just like which is now with like, yeah. the film, like the way they filmed it and stuff, and like because Lucha has these you know, you know, filmed segments and stuff where they you know put edited it together. But yeah, but I don't know. I I mean. You know, I mean, if they do, it's funny if they do buy TNA and they have then then they have Matt Hardy. I don't know if Matt Hardy would show up. I think then they could make their 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 Jeff Jarrett DVD where it's like the Ultimate Warriors where it just insults him for like two hours. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I hate Jeff Jarrett, so I mean, I'm sorry, I never yeah. liked him. I was never a fan of him. I don't know his appeal of him. Um, you know, I'll give him credit for a prom- promoter because he did. Him and his dad did start TNA when it was good, when it was part of the NWA, and uh, you know I think that was those the early years were the better years. Because they had they they knew they were smart enough to focus on AJ, uh, Christopher Daniels, Chris Sabian. They 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 focused on the talented guys. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they you know, and then I think it all went south with when Bischoff and Hogan joined. Yeah, and then by the time they left, it, 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 so many people left, and Dis- Dixie, I mean, I would have sex with Dixie. I have no shame in me, and I think she's pretty hot, but it it fell apart, you know, and then now there's just, there's nobody there anymore. No. No. Um, but, um, you know, I think it's that's a, that's a company um, that I think, like, now it's slightly turning a corner. You know, with the whole, you know, the Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy angle, and and I think, you know, EC3 is kind of over a little bit, um, and now, and then Cody Rhodes supposed to debut to that tonight on uh, him and his wife. So, um, but you know, I I think they're getting the talent that actually people like, you know, like, and I think because that's what I felt like years ago where. They needed to get, you know, they're getting all these older guys. Like, they got Sting, and they got, you know, like, Nash, and, you know, and Booker T, and they got all the, you know, and eventually Hogan and stuff. Uh, I think the best, like, it was a terrible time, but when they got RVD and Jeff Hardy, and that was right after Jeff Hardy was the champion in WWE, that they should have, you know, but then they, they kind of fucked that up, kind of. Um, Kurt Angle, he I think he's coming back to them. But then again, Kurt Angle been coming back to WWE for five years now, according yeah, to Kurt I mean, Angle. I think I mean that was I think like back I think when they got Christian and the Dullies and Kurt Angle, that was kind of hope because those guys were on the top of their game at the time. Uh, but then I mean with Angle, I mean they did a I mean Angle's like they're almost like their Ric Flair in a way because he. He was there. He was in TNA longer than he was ever in WWE, even though yeah. WWE was the, the company that made him. But I think Angle will be back in WWE. I don't know when, but he's going to finish his career there. He'll 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 have like one final year, and then he'll they'll put him in the Hall of Fame. He'll have one last WrestleMania match. You know, um, I think I would like to see Angle leave 
with WWE. But I want him to be funny angle. Remember when he was a doofus when he first started? Yeah, I mean... I like that, because he played that part so well. And and then when they made him the badass character, I'd watched him be that clownish heel for so many years, and he was so good at it. He, I don't care if he was an Olympian. He was not a legitimate... I didn't like... He put me to sleep after that. He was boring. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like the funny angle where he was like, he liked, he had a crush on Stephanie and... And he's following people, he's following McMahon around Austin and all that. He was oh, great. No, oh, I love those bits and stuff, you know. But I think now, since he's older, it wouldn't fit. You know, I think he's too old for that. And I think his legacy is, I don't think, I don't think he would agree to that. I think... I think he would do some funny stuff here and there, like backstage or some something goofy. But I think you know, he's more like okay, I'm, um, you know, you know. I, I think, you know, I mean, he, and he's an, he's an awesome wrestler. I mean, he, I can go. I mean, oh yeah, I, I I won't take any of that away from him. I just I, I liked him as an idiot for some reason. <laughs> but I think you know they'll they'll he'll he'll be. He'll be a part time. I mean, he's not going to be. So I think that'll work. Like he'll be a part time. They'll they'll put him in matches with guys that he never wrestled before. The dream match that I would love to see, but it won't happen because Daniel Bryan's retired. Would be uh, Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle. Oh, I'd like to see Kurt go with Seth Rollins. That would be yeah. That would be good. I think Kurt and Seth. Yeah, I think Kurt and Owens would be really good. Yeah, Sami Zayn and, and Kurt. Oh. I love Sami Zayn. He don't get enough respect. Yeah, uh, he's Sami Zayn. I, I I hope like they make him a champ and stuff. But um, he needs to work on promos. Yeah, because he stinks. Yeah, I. But he's believable though. Like when you hear him talk, like you can think it feels real though. I, I, I you know, which that's why it's probably like that's why the promos stink because it's more like you know he's just a dude talking kind of, but. You know, I, would, I would love to see Sammy fight Pentagon Jr. or Pentagon Dark, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but uh, so anyway, before, so before we wrap up, what was your ultimate best angle? Oh, Austin McMahon. Austin McMahon. I don't think anything will ever be as popular. I mean, I, I can tell you from, from that multi-year angle, you know, that, that, really turned made wrestling what it is today made McMahon a billionaire when people would come in at the time I was managing a store and people would come in on Tuesday and you know they were all wrestling fans they knew I was no one would ever say and I I ever noticed it then I know it now man last night what about when Austin sprayed him with the beer everything was what's Austin going to do next week? What are they going to do? You know, you were so vested and so into it. You had already, you're already thinking, the the, the whole week ago, you're already thinking, what are they, how are they going to top this? What's McMahon going to do next? Like, that's how invested people were in that angle. Yeah, and it was, it was a a great angle. I mean, I loved it. And I have to admit, I have to admit, like, when they first kind of started it, I was kind of like, okay, well, here's why. Like, okay, because at the time, I loved Austin. I was on board with Austin. He had that great feud with Brett. He, you know, went against DX and all that and Mike Tyson and all that. And I liked how they built up the heel turn of Vince mm-hmm. um, with everything. 
And you even go back to him getting shoved by Brett a year ago and getting pushed. Around. Like, you seem like he was getting pushed around by the wrestlers, like the way they look. And then, you know, you know, the screw, the Montreal screw job and he Austin stunnered him and all this. And then he ruined the Mike Tyson moment and all that. And then, you know, and he's the one that didn't want Austin as the champ. But I wondered, like, when they first, like, after WrestleMania, the night after WrestleMania 14, and we went to Monday Night Raw, you know, and then that was the first, really, that's what started the feud that, that night. And he had Austin arrested and all that, because he stuttered McMahon and, uh, and all that. And I wondered what they were going to do, like, because at the time I'm looking at McMahon, like, he's not a wrestler, you know, he's not a wrestler. You know, where... It's just that funny announce guy in the dumb yeah, suit. Yeah, and I knew Vince owned the company and all that, and, you know, and he hadn't been commentating for a real long time, you know, because JR kind of took over that, the main, you know, and, um, but I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, because I wanted Austin against another big heel wrestler. Mm -hmm. But at the time, they really didn't have... They didn't have any talent there. No, they didn't. They didn't. They They... They had to build their their mid card guys because, you know, and and then even though I you know and then after I, I fell in love with the feud because it was a perfect scenario with you know this because you you live vicariously through Austin because it's like he's beating up his boss so you can like if you can't stand your boss you can't beat him up but you can watch Funny Night Raw and watch Austin beat up his boss so he was like the blue collar guy that went after. The billionaire and beat him, beat him up and stuff. But yeah, like and they kind of they 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 pulled it off because yeah, they didn't have a the quality. They didn't really have the quality of talent to anyone to face Austin. Like if they had, I mean, they had Mick, so they kind of turned Mick. You know, they kind of like okay, we know we'll throw Mick in there. We'll turn him heel. He'd be dude love, the corporate dude love or whatever. You know, and they did that. And then they had Kane, you know, and then, you know, so, but like, yeah, like, you know, I mean, the options you had were like Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. You know, and you had, I mean, you had The Rock, even though, I mean, he was still a mid card then, but he was getting there and eventually Austin did face him, but you had to build, you still had to build him. But yeah, you didn't have, you didn't have a lot of people. You had, I think William Regal just got there and. He was like, a, you know, you had all these, you know, um, you really, yeah, you really, you have Rook, you know, and, you know, Ron Simmons, you know, you, you really didn't have the heels to face Austin. And that why it made perfect sense for you had, okay, we're going to do something different, have the boss again, have the guy that owns the company against Vince. And, and everybody hated him because of, you know, what he did to Brett. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. And because he hated Austin, he wanted to screw Austin, and everyone loved Austin, so it was it was it was perfect. And it went on for I mean forever, and it was so clever. I remember one, and McMahon had cost Austin, and he hit him with a chair, and that's how the show went off the air one week. And the next week, McMahon's because it always opened with an interview, and McMahon's in the ring. Roll that footage. Yeah. Look at that. I assaulted Steve Austin, and Austin comes down. What'd you say? And he's like, I said I assaulted you. You hear that? That's a confession. 
I'm pressing charges and the cops arrest McMahon and they take and it, you know, and they, it's like a movie. They're yeah. taking McMahon to the station and they're like, take off your shoelaces. You don't, we don't, we can't make sure you don't hang yourself. And <laughs> I'm Vince McMahon. I'll hang you and all yeah. this, you know, and they're fingerprinting him and everything. I mean, it was just so well done. It was, it was truly that is when it really was a soap opera for men. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a male soap opera, definitely. You know, um, but um, yeah, like it was. Yeah, it was. It was great. And then yeah, and it, and it and it and that was another thing. It had it had it was a great angle that lasted a long time, but it had layers to it. It wasn't just it didn't like get old because you had you know him bringing in other you know that's when they built you know they had the rock you know the rock it was you know rock joined them and. That's where Foley got his big push, you know, Mr. Sacco and everything. Sacco, and then he became, you know, the champ and all that, and then eventually, and then eventually you had, you know, you know that, like you said, the angle that, you know, the Undertaker, you know, Vince turned face a little bit and needed Austin, and then, and then, you know, you had that, and he turned heel, you know, on on again, and but then even like when Austin he left and then he came back, you know. And he finally joined that two joined together at you know um, WrestleMania 2000. No, no, it was it was WrestleMania, WrestleMania 18. So it was WrestleMania 17. 17. That's right. That one of the best WrestleManias ever. That was a good. Yeah, that was a good WrestleMania. Like that match with the, him and Austin and Rock were really good, and both of them were over. And and you know, and then it was a weird ending because of the Austin turn, you know, and they had those. I remember thinking like Austin was gonna heal, t- like they were gonna like okay, to keep it going, they gotta like either turn him heel or something, and I mean it was a good surprise thing, it was a shocking thing. They're all about shock value there, but I don't think even though see Austin he was he wasn't to me he wasn't a heel because he was still entertaining, you know because that's when he was doing that whole thing playing the, the guitar and and Angle had the ukulele. Yep, and then he, that's where the what started. I could have done without that. But, yeah. yeah. And you know, it was funny at first because the way he did it at first, it wasn't the what. It wasn't like that. It was more like, it was like, kind of like he would talk to someone. He goes like, what? Like, it was almost like, you know, what would you, it was like almost like an insult. Like, yeah. Like, you mean like how, it was like, like a how dare you type thing. It was kind of like the way he did it. The way he did it at first it was good because it was almost like, you know, like, what? What are you talking about? Kind of like, you like, how, you like, but then it just became, what? What? You know, but. Yeah. And see, at that point in time, once he turned and joined McMahon, that to me is when it started, the company started to go down the old toilet because then you did the famous invasion angle, which was so badly done that would never be mentioned on a favorite angle by me. Oh, that no. kept, it just kept going slowly and slowly into the, Gutter and just had to rebuild again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, no one was going to boo Austin at that point. No, no one. Yeah, he, he, he was like, yeah, he couldn't. Austin couldn't be a, a heel. Like, no, he, he, people, he, like Rick Flair, so, he can't be. Yeah, they're too. They're yeah. cemented now. Yeah, it was just you know, but um, yeah. So, but um, but yeah, there was some definitely some some good you know good angles. Throughout the years and stuff, and you know, uh, I like to see, you know, even like to me, like there really hasn't been a good angle in a long. I mean, there's been things 
here and there. You know, uh, maybe the Shield. I would say is one of the newer, better ones out there that happened in the past couple years. Um, maybe the CM Punk pipe bomb. Yeah, maybe Punk that. was in some big angles. Yeah, I think that was a good one um, in recent years with that. So nothing um, really has longevity now. It's all thrown away within a matter of maybe a few weeks, just because the pay-per-views yeah, are so sudden. Yeah, pay-per-views, and then it's like okay, and then this feud stops, and like yeah, like a lot, I like good long feuds and angles, and because it builds and. You know, as long as it, you keep it fresh and stuff, and, you know, I, th- I think that's, you know, but who knows? Hopefully they'll do, you know, but uh, maybe the, 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 the final deletion will be a good. That's a pretty good. It only takes one angle to set the business on yeah. fire again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I normally we never like tease what's upcoming, but I'm going to propose something to you. Okay. Because I'm sure you have a theory. I have a theory. I would really like to discuss the Montreal screw job. Okay, yeah, that's still, yeah. I mean, that's something that happened almost 20 years ago and it's still talked about. Do you think it's real? Ah, that's, you know, that, that crossed my mind many a times where if it was real or not, you know, like... Because it's wrestling, because it's Vince, because it's but you know I mean you want to say you know with wrestling every you know it's all fake it's all script scripted I like to say scripted you know um, I I'll have to say yeah it's, it, it really I don't know I'll say yes I'll say yes and but I don't know it could you know I don't think so I think it's all planned it's all so planned. that should be a really good discussion. That would be, yeah, definitely. We'll say, yeah, we'll save that for the next show. Because that could, yeah. That's something where it's like, yeah, like, well, if it was, you know, because to me, if it was really scripted, why, why, why didn't they come clean and just, you know, but after all that's happened, you know. You would okay, think, well, how many times, you know, Vince McMahon to allow a camera crew to film one of his guys backstage? Yeah. So that's, yeah. So. Yeah. This. There's some theory, that's yeah, that's a good conspiracy theory where we can dissect it and figure out if it was the, the ultimate ang- the ultimate uh, work. I think so. That's just my opinion. Someone at the end, like on their deathbed's gotta say the Montreal screwdriver was a work. I don't think Bret Hart ever would. He's too big of a weirdo. Yeah, like taking this the the angle to heart. Yeah, because Brett's Brett's hardcore, especially with his family, like, it's gotta be, you know, like, you can't give anything away. Yeah, that's just stupid. Yeah. I can see Sean just going, fuck this, this was, you know, it was a work, let's just admit it was a work. You know, it's like, come on, it's like, people are not, why are we fooling people, or, you know, I don't know. But, we'll get into that, yeah, we'll get into that discussion. That'll be the next show, fans. Yeah. Well, I guess with that, we're done for this week. I hope you enjoyed our talks. Uh, do you have anything else to add? No, just check out the sleazebox.com. Uh, you know, my movies, like it's American Holocaust, Desperate Service, KSED coming out in October. Check out the website. Check, you know, I'm all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Check it out. You check us out. We're listed at the 1980s movie Graveyard, you know, and the Triple P podcast. That's part of that. So on Twitter, on Facebook. 
no Snapchat or Instagram, but I don't have a lot of pictures. So I guess with that, we'll let you guys go. We'll see you all next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.